Hello everyone and welcome back to my podcast. This is Coffee Talk with Queen Bee and I'm back. (laughs) I feel like every time I come on my podcast I always talk about I'm back, I'm back. Listen, as much as I want to come on here every week and spill the tea on what's going on in my life or what new lessons I have learned or my new journey, um, sometimes it's life gets in the way of social media content or just sitting down and having this conversation with you guys sometimes it's it life just gets in the way (laughs) but recently um i did get sick um i don't know how but i got sick which um i'm still like coughing over it so it's been very difficult for me to talk so finally, my voice is a lot stronger now. I'm able to talk and uh, I felt like coming on today and talking about something that's very, very private to me and very serious actually. And we're going to dive into today's conversation. But before I get started, I want to do a trigger warning for today's podcast. I'm going to talk about suicide. And if you guys have been watching the news, um, recently a celebrity that is just an amazing person that I used to watch on Ellen, her DJ, his name is um, Twitch, such an amazing person, full of life, full of of love, full of laughter, uh, took away his life this week. And it's a complete shock to a lot of people. A lot of the community was shocked by his death that was self-inflicted gun wound um and before that i remember i went to a comic convention with my kids an anime convention with my kid and um that day the green power ranger he's always i'm always going to know him as tommy uh also passed away from suicide you know um and before that um There's one celebrity, one of my favorite actors, actually, that I continue even now watch his movies, which is Robin Williams, one of my favorite actors growing up, um, also lost his life to suicide, you know. And if you guys have been listening to my podcast, I've been talking about how December is one of the statistically one of the highest months of rates of suicide. Uh, for financial reasons or breakups or family whatever whatever the cost is but I wanted to come on today and and address uh, mental health because I feel like as a community we don't address mental health as much as we should Um, being Latino being Latina growing up in a household we weren't allowed to really express yourself i wasn't really allowed to express my feelings or my concerns i didn't have a safe place to talk about what i was going through um, my mother always saw that as weakness and you would you know she just wouldn't address it my mother suffered from depression herself and uh, she never addressed her issues uh, not with me at least you know and i never had a, sp- a safe place to address my my feelings you know my my feelings were never valid growing up so that's something that i learned um 
now as a parent that I have my children, I want to give them a safe place where they're able to express their feelings and their thoughts because they do matter. They are little human beings running around and their emotions, their feelings matter. And I don't ever want my children to think like they don't matter or their feelings don't matter or or whatever they're saying doesn't matter. It does. Mommy does care. I always want my children to have a space, safe place to talk about anything and everything. You know, I want my kids to have an open book policy with me and I want to be an open book with my children. And in general, um, I like to share my story. I'm not share, I'm not scared of what I've been through or what I'm going through or where I'm going because maybe my story will help the next person or the next person or the next person. Um, it's a form of healing for myself, sharing my story, because I reminisce of what I've been through, where I'm going through and where I'm going. And that's growth. And that's what we need to focus on growing as human beings and evolving, because we are not perfect. None of us are perfect. Um, we all have our flaws and <clears throat> recognizing that we're not perfect and we don't know everything is is a lot for some people some people don't want to admit that they don't know everything or they, they don't know shit uh, I myself am intelligent enough to understand I don't know everything I only know for my experience I only know for my knowledge my wisdom is as far range as what I've been through okay so I can't say what the next individual is going through because I have not been in their 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 shoes that's their journey everybody has their own journeys that they need to go through in their path okay so I don't know everything I'm just sharing my story my experience what I've learned from my experience and then other stories that I hear from other individuals are kind of similar to my experience so you know we we learn from our experience that's really what we learn and then we learn from our mistakes most of all so mind you I have made a lot of mistakes and now I'm in a point where I'm correcting my mistakes acknowledging my mistakes and trying to grow from my mistakes and that took a lot a lot of therapy to get me where I am now a lot of self-awareness you know and a lot of people do not have that um i think it's a magnet a magnetism where we deny who we really are in order to keep surviving in this world and many years ago i made a, a decision for myself that i did not want to survive anymore i wanted to live and in order to live i have to own up to who i am <clears throat> including my character flaws or my shortcomings you know it's part of who I am so with that being said um <clears throat> with that being said we're gonna talk about my depression my anxiety and what led up to my suicidal thoughts and my actions so back in 2015 I was about 31 years old my daughter was about three years old <clears throat> my mother was about 71 years old and we found out that she had stage four lung cancer. Uh, she was in very bad mental, mental health was bad, but also physically, she, my mother was very sick. Uh, yeah, she was in stage four lung cancer and doctors were like, you know, kind of letting us know this was kind of it and start preparing for the end. So we did the best way that we could, but of course, no matter how many conversations you have, you are never fully uh, fully prepared to accept someone's death. You know, I think that's the hardest part of life is accepting someone that is no longer going to be next to you. 
Um, and especially that being your parent, you know, it's very hard to let go of a parent. Um, so my mother passed away in 2015. Mind you, we found out in December 2014 that she had stage four lung cancer. And in November 2015, she passed away. So she stayed almost a year after being diagnosed with stage four cancer. We, you know, doctors did as much as they could. So we had one more year with her. Um, It was very hard to let go and accept that she had passed away. Um... Did I cry when my mother passed away? No, which was really a bad thing because I should have cried. I should have released that, but I didn't. I held it in and tried to be a tough girl. And I just let it build up and build up and build up until finally, like, I couldn't take it anymore. And I kind of just snapped, you know, I lost my goddamn mind. Um, I was under the influence of marijuana. I was in a toxic relationship with the man that was just abusing me uh, emotionally. Uh, He never hit me, but he tried to. There's actually still a dent in the wall in my apartment where he, instead of hitting me, he hit the wall and it's still there. And it's still with me today. I haven't got it fixed because I want to be a constant reminder of what I've been through and what that person caused in my life he caused so much chaos um of course it's not all his fault i do have my part in it and i own my own myself up to that part um but it's a constant reminder of the abuse that i went through um and didn't really talk about it because i didn't want to recognize the abuse that was going on in the toxic relationship i was in because at that moment i felt like he was the only person that was there for me yes he was abusive yes he was doing this yes he was doing that but he was the only one here for me really because I didn't have the support that I should have had support from Uh, friends and family were not there for me and I know that's kind of hard for me to say it but it's the truth I didn't have that support that I really really needed um you know, and it, it was devastating. And that led up to my nervous breakdown because I didn't have anyone to talk to. Mind you, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Mind you, I didn't have any professional health. I didn't have any therapy or any counseling because I didn't even know what I was going through. How would I be able to recognize depression or anxiety or grieving if I'd never been through this and never been around people that address these issues because growing up, we just don't talk about this, you know? So how would I know? Um, It took having the nervous breakdown to get counseling finally and go into therapy and counseling and... I even went into DV classes. I went to anger management classes. I went to parenting classes. I did all the classes that were offered to me. And I took them because I knew that I needed help. You know, how I was acting and going 5150 was not okay with me. Um, And now, here comes after suffering the nervous breakdown. I did go 5150. I was put in a 72-hour hold. Um, I don't really remember much of what happened in the hospital uh, the first time. It was kind of like a blur in and out. I was under the influence of marijuana, like I mentioned, and I'm pretty sure that it was laced because I swear to God that 
devil was after me that day. Um, through the grapevine, I heard that that night the marijuana was laced by by who who I was dating then, you know, who's now a piece of shit in my life. So I don't even talk to that person, thank God. So from from the grapevine, I heard that that marijuana was laced. Is it true? Is it not? I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. But I remember I spazzed out in that day. I was under the influence and just went batshit crazy. I lost custody of my daughter that day. She went into foster care. I went into a 72-hour hold. I was released. I returned back home. My daughter was in foster care. I went crazier. It did not help my situation, not my mental health at all. And I lost my shit. Um, I went 5150 again. I wanted to kill myself. Mind you, my mother had just passed away. I don't have support. Uh, I was in a toxic relationship, and now that toxic person was removed from my life, um, whether I wanted to or not. Uh, and then I was once again all alone. So I wanted to really kill myself. I threw myself in front of a car. Yeah. I remember that day. <clears throat> I threw myself in front of a car and I can remember the driver's face like just like wow you know the cops did arrive to arrest me I actually put me in a 72 hour hold and <laughs> you guys are not gonna believe this but the police officers that came the first night to put me on a 72 hour hold when I went 5150 the first time were actually the same police officers the same ones that picked me up that day now picked me up a second time and then took me again on a 72 hour hold and i just remember looking at the cop and i'm like oh not you again you know not you again and i was like it was like deja vu all over again it's like fuck he's gonna take me on another 72 hour hold and um <clears throat> i remember telling the cop just kill me he goes you guys like to kill people anyways just just fucking kill me just get it over with I remember being handcuffed to the the stretcher as the ambulance was putting me in and taking me to Huntington Hospital and um I was just out of my out of my mind, you know, I I was just saying crazy shit um and I just remember I wanted to die. I I not even my daughter was enough to uh, to keep me here, you know. <clears throat> and that's and that was that's how deep I was into my depression with no help you know that's how deep I was into my depression that not even my my only daughter was enough to keep me here you know so when I hear about Stitch having his wife and his children and and that wasn't even enough to keep him here I related to that story because I went through that myself, you know. Um, then I was in the mental hospital and uh, I started talking to patients there. And, <laughs> this is crazy, but <clears throat> talking to patients there kind of made me realize how lucky I was that I survived or I was surviving and then how much I needed help professional help and I needed to get my shit right and I needed to get my life back and I needed to get my daughter back out of the system and 
I needed to fight for her. I needed to fight for me. And that I needed a new change. And I felt like I was in a cycle where I wasn't able to break through. And maybe what I needed was what I was receiving in order for me to get my wake-up call. You know, sometimes hitting rock bottom is the only way some of us learn because we are very stubborn. And I'm one of those individuals that's very stubborn. I'm very stuck in my ways. And hitting my rock bottom made me see that I needed to change. I needed a change in my life. And so I I did. I went in, like I mentioned, I just went into therapy, went into counseling, went to child develop. I did everything that I could. Uh, not only to get up my daughter out of the system, but also to prove to a judge and attorneys that I was mentally stable to take care of my daughter again, you know, and not just to them, but to myself as well, because I am a great mother, because I am a great person. And just because I was going through what I was going through didn't determine who who I was going to be eventually, you know, my breakdown wasn't was just my breakthrough. You know, that was, that's all it was. It was my breakthrough. Um, I was down for a minute, but I got back up again. You know, now moving forward. This was in 2015 when mom passed away. And in 2017 was my breakdown. And it's now 2023. And now we're going into, <clears throat> excuse me, we're now going to 2023. And I'm thriving. You know, I have full custody of my daughter again. Um, I have now a son who I just adore. He's my little man running around. I'm back in school. I'm actually going for my third degree now in nutrition and, um, dietitian. After having my gastric sleeve surgery, I want to know more about nutrition, how to feed myself better and how to read the labor labels and how to read calories and, you know, <coughs> want to help other patients as well after having gastric sleeve surgery and how to lose weight and help myself along the journey as well i'm evolving i'm growing i'm accepting i'm ready for the challenges i'm ready to put the work you know i have a spiritual connection i'm I'm religious like you know so i'm going i'm going um and yeah doing during my dark times i didn't have that I, first, I didn't have the support, too. I was angry with God because he took my mother away. I didn't realize that it was just her time to go back home, you know? She didn't belong to me. She belonged to him. Just like I don't, I, I belong to him and my children belong to him and we're only here for a certain amount of time and then we all have an expiration date. So <clears throat> now I understand that concept of the expiration date and how we belong to him and how we need to return to him and all that. So I'm completely aware of the universe now and I'm okay with it. And it took a lot of work to get me where I am now, where I understand a lot of things that I have to go through is because I have to go through them. I don't sit here and play the victim and say, oh, why did it happen to me? Or why do I have to go through the, why is my life so, so, so stressful? Or why is it so much harder than the next person? I don't sit there and play the victim. I accept and I'm like, okay, well, you know, sometimes God gives the toughest battles to his strongest warriors. So I look at that 
and I'm like, it, it's going to be okay. I got this, you know, and it's not going to, it's not going to kill me. It's going to make me stronger because of everything that I've already been through. I have all this endurance. I'm ready. Let's go. You know, I'm ready. Let's go. I don't want the easy way because the easy way is not always the best way. Sometimes it has to be a little bit harder because the end reward is even greater. So I accept it and I take it and I take on the challenges and I, and I'm ready I put on my little shoes, I put on my boots, and let's go. You know, let's go to work. And that took so much work. A whole lot of work. A whole lot of people coming into my life and helping me. Um, and being part of, and having a program again. Yeah, I went into rehab, which, because like I said, I, I, I smoked so much marijuana that I was abusing it, you know, um... So I did go into rehab. I didn't really have to go into rehab to gain uh, custody back of my daughter because marijuana is like legal or whatever, legal substance or whatever. But just to be safe, I did it. <clears throat> That's what the attorney advised me to do. So I went ahead and I did it um, just to prove that I, I didn't have a drug dependency or whatever. Have I ever tried any other drugs? Sure, when I was like 19 years old, sure, I tried meth for the first time. Did I like it? Hell no, that was not for me. I tried cocaine, that was not for me. They offered me ecstasy, I was like, nah, dude, I ain't doing that shit. I don't like alcohol. Did I drink it? Sure, for New Year's or wine here and there, but I was never addicted to it. It was never my thing. Cigarettes were also not my thing. But when it came to marijuana that was my shit and i will admit to that marijuana was my shit um yeah my ass loved it um i did i abuse it of course i did i wanted to be high all the time after my mom passed away i wanted to numb the feelings i didn't want to feel anything in order for me to function i was a functioning pothead <laughs> i would get up and do shit high high as fuck i would do shit and it was great even now like if i want to write a paper and i'm stuck i'll smoke a little weed and i get a fucking a in my my essays you know because i get really creative um i i don't smoke marijuana now i've been clean clean for the past my gosh i've been clean for a while now where was it I think I stopped smoking in September uh, because I was going to get my surgery in October. But I did already stop smoking because, you know, going into seizure and the heart and stuff. So I stopped smoking before my surgery. Um, and I haven't smoked since my surgery. I had my surgery in October. So I stopped in September. <laughs> it's been a while since I stopped smoking weed. Uh, and do I crave it now? No, I don't. I honestly don't crave marijuana now because I'm so happy with where I am now. And I know smoking marijuana would backtrack me and put me in a position that I don't want to be in. <coughs> you know, marijuana makes you get very hungry and having after having gastric sleeve surgery is not the best decision to get high right <laughs> that doesn't make any sense so um my logic is like 
well, if you smoke weed, you're going to get fat again. And what was the point of the whole surgery then? You know, if you wanted to be continued fat, you should just left your fat ass alone. <laughs> you shouldn't have had the surgery. So that's how I talk to myself. <laughs> so <clears throat> I, I don't crave it. Right now, it's all about losing weight for me. Um, it's all about finding new ways to eat, finding better relationships with food. And addressing all my emotional traumas because now that i can't run to food to cope with my feelings i have to kind of address them (laughs) which is something they don't tell you when you have your gastric sleeve surgery they tell you everything else but they don't talk about this your relationship with food and how that shit's gonna change because now you can't run to food you can't eat like you used to like you can bench on ice cream or cookies or this or that you can't you're gonna throw it up you're gonna make yourself sick so you can't you have to address your issues now so i have to address motherfucking issues now (laughs) and i have a lot of them uh so yeah i i started uh, getting further into my spirituality i started getting into crystals i started getting into candles i started meditating i started journaling and now i'm actually starting something called the shadow work i just bought a shadow workbook on amazon and i'm gonna get started on that and that's kind of going through your trauma you're just like addressing it you're journaling it you're releasing it and i want to go ahead and do that um to just better myself you know i have like the mamba mentality even though i'm good at something i could always be better so i always push myself to be better even at work when i know i'm doing a great job i always push myself to do better um and that's always going to be me even at even when i start studying i'm like okay let me start getting my stuff together now because i already have my textbook i'm like let me put my textbook together and let me let me start thinking and and let me just go ahead and start because i'm so excited to go back to school and that's all a good sign that's all a good sign for me i mean it's it's telling me that i'm happy you know because i was very depressed this year um after getting dropped from csun i was very devastated i didn't know education educationally what what i was going to do and now after gastric sleeve surgery i have a new vision i have new ideas and i'm like dude everything happens for a reason everything's falling back to place after falling apart now it's coming back to place and i'm so excited to go back to school i'm so excited for this new degree i'm so excited like the holidays are here christmas is next weekend um i already did my christmas shopping for my family i can't wait for them to open their presents like i'm excited you know and being at this moment coming from wanting to kill myself throwing myself in front of a car um wanting to give up on life going from that to like where i am now where i have another child i have a a new pet i have my my pet grayson now my kitty grayson now um it's it's like full circle it's coming right back and down coming right back around and I couldn't be more grateful, you guys, seriously, because everybody, I'm trying not to cry, but everybody deserves a second chance. And I got mine second chances plenty of times. (laughs) And I don't take them for granted. 
And if you are going through depression right now or anxiety or you just lost somebody and you don't you feel like giving up please don't give up you are worth it your life is worth it don't give up seriously there's so much help out there a stranger will help you quicker than your family so don't ever turn to your family and expect them to help you they're just not gonna do it they're not a str- you know how many strangers have helped me in this journey they're the ones that pull me out of my dark place out of the hole that i dug for myself they helped me dug dig myself out of it i went into rehab i went into narcotics anonymous i went to emotional support groups i went to alcoholic anonymous even though i don't really drink alcohol it doesn't matter i went in there for support and i got it I got a sponsor. She was great. She was like my, my little therapist at 24-7 on my phone. <laughs> but I got the help that I needed. I went to therapy. I had a great therapist. Um, went into counseling. I had great counselors. It's just don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't think that people don't care just because you haven't come across a person that does care. There are people out there that do care, that want to help. You just got to ask for it. And sometimes that takes a while. takes us a while to recognize when we need help. I'm a Virgo. I'm stuck in my ways. I think I'm perfect, but I'm not. And I need help. And now that I see the signs, I know when to ask for help. I'm not afraid of it. So don't be afraid of it. There's hotlines out there. You could text for help. You could go to your Instagram and say suicide awareness and they'll they'll give you all the hotline numbers. You could Google it. You there's there's so much stuff. There's 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 groups out there that will help you free, by the way. Don't think because you don't have the money or the resource, you can't get in. All the programs that I mentioned that I was a part of, I they're all free to me. I didn't pay for not one cent for nothing. My insurance paid for the therapist, and I have Medi-Cal. So, you guys, just please don't give up. And if no one's told you today, let me go ahead and tell you guys. I feel like I'm in a speaker meeting right now, in a Narcotic Anonymous meeting, but here it goes. If someone has not told you today that you are loved, let me be the first one to tell you. You are loved. You are worth it. You deserve it. You deserve the best things of life. You deserve to live. Stop surviving and start living your life. Get help. You know, if you guys want to message me, you guys can follow me on my Instagram, my TikTok, my Facebook. Go ahead and send me a message. You guys could go to my my business uh, email, whatever. I'm not afraid of helping people. I do it all the time. And sometimes through my podcast, I help people. And that's pretty much what this platform is for. Not just sharing my stories, but my experience and and hopefully helping others. This is really why I created the podcast for. And we could have real conversations with each other. And I hope you guys grabbed your coffees today. Whenever this message or when I'm not super like I'm on TikTok. But whenever you guys are able to hear this podcast, I really really hope that it's it's at a good time you know so thank you guys for listening today 
I know today was a little bit deep about suicide awareness um, and my suicide attempt. And unfortunately, I wish I could say that was the first attempt at my suicide, but it wasn't. I did try to suicide myself at a younger age, um, but it didn't work. It was not successful, apparently. And, you know, I haven't had an episode since I got therapy, since I got support. Thank goodness for that. I haven't had any episodes. I've been under control. (laughs) And now I'm thriving, I'm living, I'm loving life. And I have so much to live for. This is like my second life, you know, my second chance at life. So I don't take it for granted. And I don't want you guys to take your life for granted as well. Um, That's my message for today. And I hope you guys have a great Christmas, a great New Year's. And I hope you guys find this message on time and get the help that you need. Don't be ashamed of your journey. Don't be ashamed of your mental health. Don't be afraid of what people are going to say. Let them talk. They talk about you whether you're doing good or bad, so let them talk. If a person is so negative that you can't handle it, block them. You don't need them in your life. Continue on on your journey because you're worth it. And with that being said, I hope you guys... um, once again have a great day a great rest of the day i know this one's a little bit heavy but we're gonna get into real situations and we're gonna start talking about real issues and it's okay it's perfectly okay to talk about mental health and struggles and all that (coughs) if a lot of us did that there'd be a lot less pain around the world anyways um I will be back and I'll talk to you guys on the next one. Bye.